Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good afternoon, everybody. So good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. Are you glad to be here? Amen. We're glad that you're here today. Today we're continuing our series, or actually wrapping up our series, called I Love My Church. I want to tell you something. I love my church. I love my church. You love your church? Yeah. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. Amen. I love my church. I love this service. You guys don't know, but you're my favorite group to preach to. You know that why? Because you're the most committed. You're the most relaxed. You've had a little extra sleep. And you're a little more fired up than everybody else. So today I'm expecting a lot of amens. So I just want to say this. You know, Rhonda and I have given our lives, 20 years of our life, to pastoring this church and, uh, and just trying to love you. And, and, uh, and I've watched you learn to love other people, and I'm so excited about being the pastor of church and loving this church and watching you love one another. Today, there's four words that are on the front of your program. I want everyone to turn your eyes toward. And there are the four words that, that uh, describe who we are. They're the pillars of this church. And those words are connect, grow, serve, and share. You see those words? Let's say them together again. You ready? Come on. Connect, grow, serve, and share. We want to connect with God and his family. We want to grow in God's character. We want to serve in God's church, and we want to share God's message. That's what we're here to do as believers. And so today I want to talk to you about sharing God's message. And so uh, if you haven't already, you can open up your program, and you'll find the outline there. But there's, uh, there's this uh, commercial that I saw uh, on television uh, that uh, is a Zaxby's commercial. And I see these two guys that are debating over a salad. Uh, maybe you've seen this. They're two country music singers, and uh, they're trying, one's trying to get another person's salad. And the guy begins with this uh, little slogan to try to get this salad. He said, you know, sharing is caring. Okay, yeah, that's, that's as good as it gets. Uh, me, I'm not a country music singer or a singer at all. But, uh, and he said something there that is so profound, and that is true. Would you agree with me that, that when you care, you share? Would you agree with that? I mean, like when you, when you care about someone, you share with them. And that's what it's all about. And so today as we walk into the, uh, to the message, I want you, this one thing I want you to remember, if you don't remember anything else that I say today, I want you to remember this. You ready? It's coming up on the screen behind me. It's just one thing. You ready? It says this. I don't care until I share. Now, would you read that out loud with me? You ready? Come on. I don't care until I share. In other words, you can say you care all you want, but when you take action to do that, then that's when you actually really care. 
And so this morning I want to walk with you. There's a story uh, in the Bible and found in John's Gospel. It's about Jesus walking into this uh, place called Samaria. Now, Jesus is getting ready to go. He's going back to Jerusalem, and he knows there is where he's going to be put on trial, and he's going to die. And before he goes to Jerusalem, he says, I must go through Samaria. And that was really uh, troubling to, the, to the, his followers because they were all Jew. And so of, uh, of people that are of the Jewish race do not associate with people of non-Jews, and especially the Samaritans, because the Samaritans were people that actually were in the Jewish race but decided to marry people outside the Jewish race and start their own little uh, community, and the Jewish people hated them. They just, didn't, they just hated them. And so Jesus said, I've got to go through Samaria. Needs me, I go through Samaria. So, and so we find that Jesus goes through Samaria, and when he goes, there is a well outside the city. And he's going to that well to get some water, but he tells his disciples, he says, listen, instead of you coming here with me, you go get us some food, I'm going to rest here at the well. And so I want to pick up that story just in a moment and continue it, and we're going to find out how that correlates with what we're talking about today. So the first thing I'd like for you to write down on your outline under the reasons why I love my church is this. Number one is because SEC is a place where anyone can come and have an encounter with Jesus. Would you write that down? An encounter with Jesus. And that's what our desire is, is that we think that every person needs to have an encounter with Jesus. An encounter. It is from that encounter with Jesus that a person has an opportunity for a better life through Christ. And so this morning as we jump back into the story again, this woman has worked her way. She's come outside the city and she's going to get some water here at this well. Now notice we pick up the story. It's on your outline. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am what? A Samaritan and woman. See that? I'm a Samaritan woman. Two things there. She pulled out her race card, and she pulled out her gender card. Notice that? So notice what happened here. How can you ask me for a drink? For you Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Now notice that. Now there's a couple things I want to point out real quickly. Number one is, why was this lady even coming out to this well? We know that there were probably other wells inside the city, but we're going to find out just in a moment a possibility that this woman had a bad reputation. Uh, we're going to talk about her reputation just in a moment. And so probably the other ladies of the community, you know, the gossip barn or the gossip chatting was around the well. That's where everybody come. And so the gossip began there, and she was probably the topic of the gossip. So they said, you know what, she knew she wasn't accepted there, so she had to go outside the city because those ladies said, honey, we don't want your kind around here. Got it? So she goes moving on the outside of the city. That's a possibility. The other probability is this, is that we see that there was the racial divide, uh, that Jesus, uh, the issue that was there with the woman was that uh, there was a racial divide, is that she said, notice, you are a Jew, I am a Samaritan. And so this is a pretty critical issue because when you see uh, that the, when a person outside of the Jewish race would marry someone that was a Gentile, that's what they're called, if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile, 
marry someone if it was a son they had that son's funeral instead of a wedding they had a funeral for him they didn't kill him but as far as their family was concerned he was dead he's non-existent and they had his funeral and never spoke to him again like he never lived it was that strong tension that racial tension that was there that day but also the fact that she said not only said am i a samaritan but she said i am a woman now uh we don't understand this in our culture today but uh, in the Middle East still today, uh, you know, women are still not uh, as considered like equal with men and, and they're mistreated in many ways. In many cultures, they are. And in this culture, uh, it was like the religious people in Jesus' day, the Jewish religious people, believed that a true Jewish person, and especially a religious man, should not talk to women in public. Matter of fact, even the priest there with if they saw their wives or their daughters out in public they wouldn't talk to them is that they would ignore them because it was disgraceful they felt like to do that in public and there was these matter of fact they took us to extreme there was this group of uh, pharisees that was called the bruised and bleeding pharisees and what they were known for is that they would see a woman coming and because they didn't want to look at her they'd close their eyes and they'd keep walking and they'd run into walls and trees and horses and their nose would get busted and they would bleed. And they were known as the bleeding Pharisee. Now notice Jesus here. Remember we said that you, when you care, you share. Jesus, he went across every racial divide. She said, I'm a Samaritan. He's like, I don't care, I'm talking to you. He went across every gender divide. He, she said, I'm a woman, you shouldn't talk to me. He said, I don't care, I'm talking to you. And then he went across the sin divide. Now, this woman's life was plagued with, with a history of sin that everybody knew about her reputation. But so Jesus crossed the racial divide, he crossed the gender divide, and he crossed the sin divide. And God did the same thing by sending Jesus here because John 3, 16, a passage that we know so well, that's on, the, uh, on your outline, look what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, would you shout that out? You ready? Come on. Whosoever, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to do what? Condemn the world, but to do what? Save the world through him. Save the world. So Jesus was not about breaking, Jesus was not about sinning, but he was about breaking tradition. You see, listen, if you're going to be the person that you want, God wants you to be and that you desire to be, sometimes you've got to go past tradition. Even though your grandparents might have said, this is right and this is wrong, if it's not, listen, if it's not something that God says is right or wrong, then, then you know what? It's okay. You see what I'm talking about? So it, Jesus didn't, he didn't hold his life to tradition. He held his life to the word of God. And so today you will never, ever get beyond where you are until you let go of what grandma taught you that is not true. And you'll never get beyond where you are until you let go of those divides. And so today I want to challenge you because God said, whosoever will. And I know that the crowd decides. There's people here that you've been checking out this Jesus thing and you've not made a decision. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ come to save you. You say, Pastor, if you knew my reputation, you wouldn't let me through those doors. If you knew what I'd done in my past, then you wouldn't let me through those doors. Let me tell you something. Friend, I, I don't know your past, and, and listen, but God, I can tell you this, that God is interested in your past because he wants to forgive it in order to give you a future. Amen? 
Amen. It's, he, didn't come to, he didn't come to save your past. He came to save your future. God can't even change your past, but he can forgive it and give you the power to move on. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, today's the day you step across the line. You know, those of you that are watching online as well, today's the day you make that decision step across the line. Inside of your program, there is a prayer that we present every week. It's an opportunity for you to have a better life. And it, that prayer is in your program. It simply says this, to become a Christ follower, you pray this prayer, and you have to mean it. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, whether if you're watching online or you're sitting in this congregation today, I challenge you today to take that step. And you do it right now. You don't have to stand up, walk forward, raise your hands between you and God. But you have to make a decision that today I'm turning my life over to Jesus. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do it. And if you did that today and you prayed that prayer on the back of this card, it's called a connection card. I pray that you would check the box that says I'm choosing to become a Christ follower. And if you're watching online, I ask you just to email me and let me know that you made this decision. Because I want to send you guys something that will help you in your journey. Amen. Can we give God a hand for those that just received Jesus Christ? Amen. In our auditorium and around the world. Amen. Amen. Okay, so remember what we said that I want you to get, if you don't get anything else, remember this statement. Let's say it again together. You ready? Here we go. I don't care until I... Come on, say it a little louder. I don't care until I share. That's right. I don't care until I share. Why do I love SEC? And why should you love Stockbridge Community Church? Number two is this. People can find the truth about God and themselves. Oh, would you write that down? People. The reason I love my church is because people can find the truth about God and themselves. We're going back into our story, and John, as we go back into this story, I want to let you know that this woman has talked to Jesus now, and he said, listen, I want you to know that I, if you will believe in me, I will give you water that you will never thirst again. In other words, I will do something for you that no man has ever been able to do for you, that no relative, no friend ever do. I will, I will give you true life. And so this woman picks up, we pick up the conversation, and look what happened in John 4 and 15. It says this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. Listen to what she said. I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. Here we go. Would you read these three words out loud? Come on, a little attitude. Here we go. The fact is, come on one more time. The fact is, we got to stop right there. You see, here's the deal. You can fool me. You can fool your spouse. You can fool your friends. You can fool your coworkers about everything that's going on in your life. But here's the deal. You can't fool God. You can't fool. He already knows. The things that you think you're hiding from God, he already knows. And this lady, he, can you say the word busted? You ready? One, two, three. 
busted because she, she thought she had all covered up and had it all pretty, but no, no, no. He said, oh, no. The fact is, look, what is the fact? Here we go. He says this. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. Uh-oh. Look what she said. What you have just said is quite true. <laughs> In other words, you've called me out. I can't deny it. You know who I am. Who you been talking to? He called her out right there, right? This is what I want you to know. You see, the last thing people see is themselves. You see, we can point out everybody else's junk, can't we? We can talk about everybody else's problems, but the last thing that we see is my problem. You know, I can point out a bad attitude in a minute, can't you? I can, I, can, I can point that out real quickly, but when I've got a bad attitude, I seem like I can't see it. Matter of fact, there's sometimes that Rhonda says, you've got a bad attitude. I'm like, no, you the one. You know what I'm talking about? And so many times I can't see what's going on with me. And here's what I want you to know, is that Jesus Christ <coughs> helps you do what you've been running from a long time. And that is take a look at yourself. You see, because you can't do better, be better, until you realize that you need better. And that comes through a realization through Jesus Christ. He makes us look at ourselves. No person ever really sees themselves until they're in the presence of Jesus. It's in the presence of Jesus that you begin to see who you are. Because, see, you can fake it till you make it with everybody else. But there's something about when you get in the presence of Jesus that all of a sudden you see who you are, right? And, and that's why it's so important to be around other believers. You know why? Because when you get in the presence of other believers, you get in the presence of God. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 18 and 20. Look what he said. For where there are two or three, notice that, two or three gathered in my name, where is he at? I, he says, there I am with them. So when you're with two or three other believers, Jesus said, I'm right there with them. See, when you get with two or three other believers, Jesus said, I'm there, my presence is there. And when you get in the presence of other believers, all of a sudden, Jesus is able to talk to you. There's many of you today that you didn't want to come to church because you know what? You got something going on. And the moment that you step through these doors right here, God started speaking to you. Matter of fact, there's some of you that when the music started playing today, I didn't have to say anything. The people leading the music didn't have to say anything. But God already started working on you. You know who you are. All of us sitting here, we know, you know, we're like, oh yeah, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, when you get in His presence that comes through His body, all of a sudden He starts tweaking your life. Now here's what I want you to know. Why is that important? Because if you don't let God work on the little things, then you're going to have a big problem. Did you hear that? So every time that you get in God's presence, especially around God's people, God starts saying, okay, you need, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. And if you make the 1% corrections every week, then you don't have to have a 100% mistake. See what I'm saying? 
See, when your eyes are drifting on something you shouldn't be looking at, and the Lord convicts you and said, okay, now you did that this week. As soon as you walked in, no preacher said it. All of a sudden, you knew that, and then you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to keep that in check, and then you get back on the right track, and you go the right direction. If don't, if you don't get around God's people, and you listen to the world that says, get busy. You know, we don't keep Sundays sacred anymore because the devil would do anything to get you distracted. Why do you think ball games are all of a sudden on Sunday? Why do you think all these practices for our children happen on Sunday? It's because the devil wants us to distract us because if he can get you distracted you don't get the 1% correction that you come with the body of Christ and then guess what where your eyes should have been corrected all of a sudden now you've had an affair with somebody else where if you would have been around the body of Christ you would have got those 1% corrections and your life would have stayed on target does that make sense to you so Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in this now watch this here we go don't you, don't you miss this we have determined here at SEC, God does 99%, uh, he answers 99% of our prayers through other people. Would you agree with that? That most of the time, somebody will tell you something, point you in a direction, something will happen, and it usually comes through somebody. Even if you receive a check in the mail, somebody wrote that check. Hello? Somebody wrote it, somebody typed it up, something happened. God prompted something, but 99% of the time, it comes through other believers. And here's what I want you to know, is that when you put yourself around other believers, you are constantly putting yourself around the presence of Jesus. And when you put yourself in the presence of Jesus, here's what I want you to know, you put yourself in the channel of the miracle and a miraculous work and the power of God. And therefore, who knows that God will use somebody else to come and he will tell that person to say something and they will say it not knowing it's for you, but they will say it and you've been praying for it and all of a sudden they will say something and you go, my God in heaven. I just, re they, how did they know? And you'll begin to do that. You see, that's the power that I'm talking about. So that's why we talk about connect groups around here. That's why you have one more opportunity today to get in one. So that God can do the miracle that he wants to do through you. And that not only that he wants to send to you, and that he wants to, you know what, some of you are other people's miracles. You know that God is going to say something out of your mouth, you're going to say something, and you don't even know it, but it's going to be that other person what they need to hear. And that's why it's so powerful. I got an email last week from a young lady who gave me permission to share it with you. And she said, you know what? She said, uh, Pastor Jeff, she said, you know, I've heard you talk about these connect groups last semester. She said, I heard you talk about them, talk about them, talk about them. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But she said, I don't know. For some reason that Sunday I said, okay, I'll try a women's group. So she said, I signed up for a women's group. And so she said, um, you know, I signed up. But she said, what nobody knew, you didn't know, and nobody else knew at our church is that my husband and I, marriage was just about over. And she said, you know, the day before I was supposed to go to group, we had been having these horrible fights. She said, matter of fact, for three nights I hadn't slept. And she said, I forgot all about group. I packed up my clothes. I got my kids together, and I was leaving my husband. She said, but right before I made that decision to go out of my house, you know, to make the final plans, I got an email reminding me about Connect Group. So, man, what am I going to do? And so she said... I decided, okay, listen, God, I, that might be your message for me, so I'm going to fulfill my obligation. So she had her clothes in the car. She had her kids in the car. And uh, the connect group she was going to had child care. So she said, I went to the connect group going, I'm going to get this hour and a half over with, and I'm leaving, and I ain't coming back. 
you know, to him. And so she said, she checked her kids, got her kids in the child care at their, their connect group. And uh, she said, I, I sat down in the group and planning that, okay, hurry up and get this over with. She said, but when the direct, when the leader of our group just said, okay, ladies, we're going to pray for her. She said, as soon as they said, I'm going to pray for her. She said, I bowed my head and said, as soon as she started praying, she said, something started churning on the inside of me. She said, I started gushing tears. I didn't know why I was crying, but I was crying my eyes out because I was so mad at my husband. It couldn't be because I was doing wrong. She said, something opened up on the inside of me. And when that opened up on the inside of me, she said, all of a sudden, I had this release. She said, those ladies got around me. They started praying over me. And she said, you know what? She said, Pastor Jeff, I want to tell you, when I left that meeting that night, she said, God had already opened up my heart, and he did something inside of me my husband couldn't do. She said, I drove back home that night, unloaded my car, got the kids out, and I said, honey, I want you to know I was leaving you tonight, but God has touched my heart, and he's touched my soul. And, and she said, he repented, and they started praying together, and they decided that they were going to fight for their marriage. Why? Because she decided to show up at a connection where God answered her prayer. Amen. Can we give God a hand for that? The Bible says this in James 5 and 16. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? If you're not in the connection, you might miss the direction. If you're not, you see... When you get into God's presence, then he reveals to you what you need to confess. Once he reveals to you, then he can heal you. It's like the surgeon. You know, if we were to go to the doctor and say, hey, you know what, I've, I've got a problem here. And he examines you and finds out that you had, you got a, a, a cancer in a kidney. And he says, listen, okay, I see that you have cancer in your kidney. We don't believe it's spread anywhere else. It's right there in your kidney. So if you... Well, let us do surgery. We can go and do surgery. And friend, that we'll cut that cancer out. And you can have a great rest. You can live to be 110, maybe. The doctor sees what you can be after the cancer is removed. But if you don't remove the cancer, you've got one year to live, maybe. You see, that's the way it is with Christ. He doesn't just look at the bad in your life. He sees what your life can be after your sins are forgiven, after, you, after your life is on the right track. He sees all of that, and he wants to give you a hope and a new future. You see, what I'm challenging you to do by going to Connect Group is doing what this woman did. She stepped out of her community, and she made efforts. She went to the well, and when she met, went to the well, she saw Jesus. I'm telling you, get out of your house. Uh, I know your schedule is busy. Clear some things out. Give yourself time to be with Almighty God and some other believers. Go to a connect group that you can go to the well and meet Jesus. I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ. I challenge you. So I'm challenging you inside of your program, there's a list. Today's the last day. I pray you'll take advantage of that and sign up for a group if you haven't done so already. Okay, remember what we said? The most important thing for you to remember is this. You ready? Let's say it together. I don't care until I share. I don't care until I share. Number three, people share because they care. That's why I love SEC. People share because they care. Notice what happened to this woman now that Jesus said she's received Christ as her Savior. She, she's been forgiven of sins and she feels clean on the inside. It says this, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, 
Would you read those two words out loud with me? Ready? Come on. Come and see. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Come and see. Come and see. The first thing the woman did was she went and shared what she had discovered that no man could ever do for her, no relationship could do, no money could do, is that she met the Savior. The two pillars of Christianity are on these things here. These two statements. Come and see, go and tell. Come and see, go and tell. You know what's amazing to me here? Is this woman who went out because she had a bad reputation. You know, she, she was a lady that had the reputation, you know what, don't go to her house. If a man goes by her house, we know what they're going for. Bad reputation. You know, she used to sneak around town and hide. She couldn't even go to the well. But when she come back in the town, she wasn't, she wasn't bashful anymore. She wasn't, she wasn't embarrassed about her old life. She was parading her new life in Christ. Don't you want a new reputation? She had an exchange in reputations after she met Jesus Christ, and I'm offering you that too, and you're offering that to other people when you share. Look what the Bible says, James 5 and 20. Remember this, anyone who brings a sinner back from the wrong way will save that sinner's soul from death and will cause many sins to be what? Forgiven. Here's what I want you to know. The people that you know, life are captured by sin. They can't get better because they're trapped by sin. They can't make it better. It's trapped by sin. But when you come on and you share them, share with them about Christ, and you invite them to church, you do all those things, all of a sudden you begin to lift that lid that Christ can come in, and then all of a sudden their life can get better. It can open up and be better. But until they know better, they can't get better. And it's up for you and I to share that. Here's what I want you to know. Your invitation is the beginning of someone else's transformation. In other words, God wants them to get better, but he wants to use your invitation until you share the invitation. They cannot have a transformation. Your invitation brings about a transformation in their life. They're waiting on you. I want you to do something with me. You got these three cards that were on your program when you come in. Would you get those out? And would you stand up? I want us to do something together. Would you go ahead and do that? Come on, get those out and stand up. You got those three cards in your hand? I want you, that's what I'm looking for. How many of you, how many of you sitting here today would say, Pastor Jeff, I want God to use me to help someone come to Christ? How many of you would say that? Let me see your hand. All over this building. All over this building. In your hand, those, connect, those uh, invite cards, there are a series that we're starting next week that I'm going to teach you over the next six weeks how to pray a prayer that God will hear. I believe that God wants to save your friends. And your invitation is the beginning of their transformation. Somebody had to invite you. Their well experience will happen when you give the invitation. So I want you to do something with me. I'm going to pray with you and over these cards. I want you to hold these cards up. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me, okay? So go ahead and close your eyes. Hold your cards up. You ready? You got your eyes closed. You ready? Dear God, as I give an invitation, I pray you'll bring a transformation.
Now, with your eyes still closed, I want you to think about your loved ones. I want to think about your husband or wife, your son or daughter, your mom or dad who are lost. I want you to think about your coworkers or maybe your neighbors that are hurting and you see that. And today we're going to pray this prayer again. And when we pray it again, I want you to think about it with them in mind. You ready? Here we go. Repeat after me. Dear God, please bring about the transformation as I give the invitation. One more time. Dear God, please bring about the transformation as I give the invitation. Heavenly Father, right now, I ask you to anoint every person in this room. God, as they have these three cards that we've asked your Holy Spirit to be a part of, that they would begin to give these out this week and watch your miraculous power, watch you begin to transform. Even those people that have said no before, God, are going to say yes this time because, God, you are transforming them through our invitation. I just want to say thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Would you turn around and high-five somebody and say, God is good. Amen. You may be seated. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link the top of the web browser and there's many ways that you can give there again thank you so much for joining us today it is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel god bless you